What is up, ladies and gentle nerds? It's your boy Graham, also known as HamHawks42 on the internet, and today we are going to be looking at another random magic card. And if you are watching this on the YouTube feed, yes, I know what I look like right now. I haven't had a haircut in probably about four months, um, and I just decided, you know what, why bother shaving? So I figured, yeah, meh, let's just lean into it. Anyway, um... So yeah, we're going to be looking at a random magic card today. I'm looking forward to it. If you enjoy this and you're on YouTube, please go ahead and uh, give it the old thumbs up and subscribe. It helps the channel out a ton. And also, if you want to comment, that would be phenomenal. All right. So with plugs out of the way, actually, <laughs> we have more plugs to go. But with the shameless begging out of the way, let's go ahead and pull up our random magic card. This is all off the dome. I've just seen this for the first time right now. We are looking at Fall of the Titans. It is an instant from Oath of the Gatewatch that is XX and red. Okay, so we got double X and red for an instant with Surge. You may play, you may cast this spell for its surge cost if you or a teammate has cast another spell this turn and the surge cost is X and one. So you knock off one of the X's. So you effectively have the converted mana cost, not almost half the converted mana cost. Um, Fall of the Titans deals X damage to each of up to two target creatures and or players. Huh. Okay. Well, and that that's interesting. And also, I want to point out that um, the, the phrasing on it has actually been updated. Um, looking at the text on it, it looks like the Oracle text for it is actually Fall of the Titans deals X damage to each of up to two targets. So it looks like that can actually target Planeswalkers, which is interesting. Um, there is, like, once Planeswalkers got introduced... A lot of older cards, especially burn spells, had to get updated, and they need to figure out, okay, what can touch Planeswalkers and what can't? And so that's something that I find really fascinating. Uh, generally, it appears that the consensus was, if it can touch a player, it can touch a Planeswalker, which makes sense. Um, and then you get into some weird weird scenarios where cards operate in ways that they never in intended, but that happens when you you know change the rules of the game and add new card types. Anyway, but back to Fall of the Titans. So it's XX and 1, and it deals X damage to up to 2 target creatures and or players so it's a somewhat restricted fireball that works best if it's the second spell you've cast in a turn so that's interesting um so as a rare i feel like this is a pretty interesting view into this particular set i don't know with the gatewatch a oath of the gatewatch super well i feel like this is really good sideboard tech against um, smaller decks, like against weenie aggro decks, this could be really useful because worst case scenario, you have to pay like three to kill two one ones. Like that's not a great rate, but it's not un like, it's not terrible. Um, but if you have if your opponent, it but if you if it's in a deck that has little one drops, like if you play this after a lightning bolt, you it could be a pretty devastating board wipe. Because um, then all of a sudden for three mana, you can kill two two twos. You know, okay, well, that's that's not nothing. Um, you know, meanwhile, if it's the first spell you've cast and you cannot play this, cast the surge cost, then it would be, um, you know, in order to kill two two twos, you have to have, man, two two twos. That's a phrase in magic that actually makes sense. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Overthinking, it's what we do. So in order to kill two two twos with 
this being the first spell you've cast in any given turn, you'd have to pay five for it. And that's, yeah, that's expensive. You know, that, that said, I mean, you are knocking out two potential threats that way. So there's a time and a place for it. It's also at instant speed, which is definitely worth noting. There are a lot of kind of cheap fireball knockoffs that are at sorcery speed that as a result are almost unplayable. You know, um, I think Blaze might be a sorcery. I could be mistaken, but there are other versions out there that deal X damage and it's based on, and it's sorcery speed. They're practically unplayable because during your turn, if you're not casting creatures, like dealing direct damage on your turn feels like kind of a waste because your opponents are able to game plan based on that damage. They're able to respond when their turn rolls around. Meanwhile, if it's at instant speed, they can play all kinds of stuff and then you get to respond to it by casting this on their end step or in the middle of combat in order to change the rules. Like there's a lot of stuff you can do um, the moment you have instant speed. It's a huge deal. So newer players out there, the difference between sorcery and instant is huge. The power level difference between instant and sorcery is absolutely phenomenal. So the fact that this is an instant already, like it's instant, it's direct damage. You can hit players, you can hit uh, creatures. Uh, it appears that you can hit planeswalkers with this based on the updated text. So all in all, like it's not bad. This is a perfectly fine burn spell. It's not wonderful, but it's not bad. Surge as a replacement cost um, is interesting. Like, it's... Uh, mm, I don't know. I don't hate it. Although, actually, the fact that it can... The fact that it can trigger off of a teammate is interesting. So if you're in like a two-headed giant scenario or if you're in, if you're an old school player like me and you're playing something like Emperor or actually a format that I just recently found out is called Star Magic, which is really interesting. I'm gonna have to do a podcast on that at some point because it's fascinating. But um, in those situations where you have teammates, Surge synergizes off of that. So if your teammate plays something, then you could Surge on top of it. And that could be really useful. So if your opponent has a bounce, has a lightning bolt, has, or even if your opponent has something fairly large, um, you know, some big instant of their own that you could then surge off of. There, there's a lot of great potential. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I like it. I think this card is pretty solid. I do find it interesting, however, that in Oath of the Gatewatch, it didn't have the Planeswalker phrasing on the actual card. I find that really fascinating because the Planeswalkers were the main characters in that set, so I don't understand... Um, the rules changing. So I, you know, that's something that I'll have to look that up at another time. Um, but yeah, so all in all, that, that's interesting. I, I find that particularly interesting. And flavorfully, to get back to the idea of dealing damage to planeswalkers versus dealing damage to players, that is something that I find really fascinating from a lore perspective, because the idea is as a player, you are a planeswalker. That's We are all planeswalkers, theoretically. And planeswalkers have big, impressive spells and powers that they can use, and they can summon creatures to the to battle for them and all that fun stuff. And uh, we see that, actually, in a lot of cases, especially when you look at the way the planeswalker decks are constructed. There are specific creatures that are assigned to the various planeswalkers. Well, and the reason for that is they're the creatures that those planeswalkers can summon. That's the idea, anyway. Or at least you know, flavorfully, it kind of fits. And so when you're looking at a gameplay mechanic that, okay, we have all of these old burn spells, we have things like Lava Spike or Pulse of the Forge that can only target players. And now all of a sudden we have these Planeswalkers in the mix and we have other things like, um, other things that can only target creatures, you know? And so, okay, we have some spells that target creatures, some spells that target players. Now we have this third 
thing that can take damage now. So how do we respond to that? Like, what what do we use? Well, okay, the idea is the player is a planeswalker, and the creatures are creatures that the planeswalker summons. Okay, so this other card type is planeswalker. So how about so any spell that can influence a planeswalker directly? It would make sense if it can influence a planeswalker directly. And the idea of planeswalker cards is they are allies who are on a similar power level to you that you have called to your aid in battle. That's the idea anyway. And from the gameplay perspective, it plays that way. You know, when you think about it, the planeswalker gets a turn and they get to uptick or downtick and they get to do something. You know, they are casting spells. They are summoning creatures in many cases. And so it kind of fits. Like it feels right. Now, of course, you as the player have complete control over them. But I also want to point out the counters that you're putting on top of Planeswalkers are called loyalty counters. You know, when a Planeswalker hits zero loyalty, they aren't dead, but they don't want to fight for you anymore. So they leave. (laughs) Like, that's the idea. Um, I know that, like, casually over the table we talk about killing your planeswalker. That's not actually what you're doing, um, theoretically. I mean, how, how, like, scorching them with a lightning bolt or running them over with a gigantic monster doesn't kill them, but instead, like, gets them frumpy and they, you know, I, I don't understand how that works. But... Theoretically, that's the idea. They are loyalty counters, how much they're willing to fight for you. Um, and it's kind of an interesting idea because when you think about the, their uptick versus their downtick, the uh, spells and effects that are easier for them make you, you know, you're not pushing them as hard. You're not forcing that much out of them. They're going to like you more. Meanwhile, if you're really leaning on them to carry you and really hoping that they're going to, you know, win the fight for you and you're relying on those down ticks for their ultimates, then maybe they're not going to dig you so much. That's kind of an interesting thought. I like that, but I don't know. That's, I don't know if that was the intended design, but that's how I interpret that anyway. And I enjoy it. So yeah. So anyway, back to follow the Titans. It's just a big old burn spell. It's a rock solid burn spell. It can hit up to two targets. Like it's a restrictive lightning bolt. Lightning bolt is, or not, I'm sorry, not lightning bolt, fireball. That's the one. Fireball is just a classic. And the way that Fireball works is it's just X. It's X and 1. Deal X damage to a target. And if you want to target multiple things, you can, but you need to pay one additional mana for each of them. So it's deal X damage to one target or X, Y damage. Anyway, that's um, that's the whole thing. It's, it's a classic. Fireball is an absolute classic. And so the idea of turning mana directly into damage is something that you see in red. And so Follow the Titans does that. And it's a matter of how efficiently does red do it? What other burn spells are available to red in a particular set that really dictates whether or not it's popular and not, whether or not it's viable? Um, you know, there are certain cards like Lightning Bolt, for example, was reprinted into standard in what? I think it's I think it was M10. I could be mistaken, but it was many years ago now. And I've heard interviews with folks at Wizards who said flat out they will never print Lightning Bolt into Standard again. And actually, we see a situation where Lightning Bolt is coming into the new Jumpstart physical paper products. And Historic on Arena that is theoretically getting all the Jumpstart cards is not getting Lightning Bolt. They are specifically removing Lightning Bolt from that from that set theoretically for power reasons um and if you're not familiar lightning bolt is a one one red mana instant that does three damage to any target and i know what you're thinking wait a minute that's just like strictly better shock 
Yes. Yes, it is. Although based on the way that based on the timeline in which they were released, shock is it's more accurate to say that shock is a balanced lightning bolt. Um, yeah, that that's generally more accurate. Um, anyway, so I find burn spells interesting, especially the interaction between play, uh, the interaction with planeswalkers. I find that absolutely fascinating, and so I'm really glad the Fall of the Titans got us there. Uh, the artwork also is showing Gideon and Chandra battling against what appears to be one of the Eldrazi Titans. Um, yeah, and it's uh, it's not going super well for the Titan. Chandra especially is really wrecking house, and uh, I mean that's not surprising. She she freaking rips. That's kind of her jam. Anyway, thanks so much for hanging out, everybody. This has been truly delightful. So as promised, at the top of the episode, I do have some more plugs, mainly my Twitch channel. If you enjoy these conversations and want to talk more about it, I actually have a reward, uh, a channel point reward, where you can actually name a card, any card you want, live on stream, and I will give it at least a minute of overthinking, uh, give it the overthinking treatment live on stream. And actually, sometimes I even, if you go out to YouTube right now and uh, you'll see the interface that I'm using, sometimes I'll even go straight into this interface if we're not in the middle of a game, and I'll, I'll give it a little bit more time even. So anyway... Come check me out. Throw cards at me. I would be more than happy to talk about them and uh, and give you a shout out live on stream. So thank you so much. That's twitch.tv slash hamhocks42. And uh, yeah, stay safe out there. Be good to each other. And I will catch you next time.